Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. From flipping hamburgers on Main Street to leading human resource efforts for Wall Street, Paul N. Larson has continually reinvented his distinctive voice to thrive within the craziness of our ever chaotic world. As an imposter syndrome survivor, which I hope we'll hear a little bit about today, Paul has learned to tame his fake and fraud voice and has successfully coached hundreds of leaders and teams to celebrate their imposter and find their voice of confidence so that they can share their inspiration with others. His practical and sometimes laughable life experiences led him to author the award-winning coaching book, Find Your Voice as a Leader. And I believe the word voice is an acronym, and we'll learn a little bit more about that as well. A certified Marshall Goldsmith Stakeholder Center coach, a contributing author with Forbes, and the founder of the Find Your Voice as a Leader Institute, Paul offers transformational coaching journeys to find and use your distinctive voice of strength to be your best self to yourself. Paul, we're so thrilled to have you with us today. Hey, Ed, it is absolutely wonderful to be here. I'm not sure who that intro was about. You know, I talk about imposter syndrome. I'm sitting there listening like, Really? Is that, is that, is it, is, is, you know, boy, do I feel it's like all a you. fraud. What am I doing here talking to this, this incredible leadership expert? And who is that on paper? So I, I love that. Thank you so much for that eloquent introduction, my friend. Well, it is all you and you are an expert as well. Oftentimes our life journeys create an expert in us, even if we don't recognize it. So I did a light intro of you and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more from you about your journey to where you are today and how you currently interact in the marketplace. Yeah, thank you so much, Ed. And you're absolutely right. You know, we are a mosaic of our experiences. We are an absolute mosaic of our stories. And a lot of times um, in my life early on, I would shield myself from the stories. They might've been too painful. They They might've been failures or mistakes that we don't always want to actually acknowledge. And through the course of sort of the rites of passage that occur in our in our world um, and to ourselves, I learned to say, wait a minute, um, this messiness that is me is incredibly, incredibly full of, of prosperous ideas that have like taken me to where I'm at. And so it was all about going back and celebrating 
what I've learned about myself uh, to really recognize, hey, wait a minute. Yeah, you do deal with imposter syndrome, but you've had great successes in your world and you've been able to pivot that imposter syndrome to really work for you. So through the course of all my corporate upbringing, you know, 30 plus years in the corporate world, um, and then now as a, as a, as a, as a coach, I, I'm so honored and gosh, honored and humble to work with people to make themselves sort of reveal who they are to themselves, their organization, their friends, their family, um, and to really reveal that heart and to be able to move from that place of fear or fixed mindset to one of hope and love and growth. And that's what I do. And I'm a constant, I'm a constant, um, I'm a constant error in learning. I'm, I make mistakes all the time. I learn from those. I have great successes, so it's not all just about mistakes, but I'm, I'm just on a journey. And there's no final destination for me. Um, there's just it's always about the journey and along the road I am. Well, we're thrilled that part of your journey had you stop here with us. And I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more, Paul, about you know what is imposter syndrome? I mean, what is it? And I'm sure it influences or affects all of us at some point in our careers. But and I think it also influences bravery in the workplace, but more about that in a little while. What is the imposter syndrome? Yeah, thank you, Ed. And by the way, it's just an honor to to make this stop today. So I appreciate you and I appreciate you and your team and all that you do to bring bravery to the world. And really, imposter syndrome is about bravery. So gosh, nowadays, back a couple decades ago, um, I had an, I was on an incredible sort of uh, career trajectory. And one of the one of the roles I got uh, was head of HR for a like a $3 billion company and numbers don't matter. It could have been $300 for all that matter. It was, it was, it was about what am I doing? <laughs> the number was, was out of there. I was like thinking to myself, I'm a fake. Um, um, I, I really don't know what I'm doing around this HR stuff, even though I I'd had some history in HR. So it wasn't like completely, completely novice, but I'm a fake or I'm a fraud and they're going to find out. They are going to find out they are going to know. It's always about they. And that's a key, a key key component of imposter syndrome. So I had this feeling and and and, and my feeling was like, wow, they're going to find out and they're going to ask me to leave. They're going to say, they're going to tap me on the shoulder um, or, or, or hit me on the side of the head and say, uh, excuse me, Paul, you really don't belong here because imposter syndrome is all about where we don't belong, where we think we don't belong. We don't deserve to belong in this place with all these other people who are so much more successful than us. And Paul, we have to ask you to leave now. And I, literally, Ed, this is going in my head. Now, the irony of that story right there was the people that would come and do that, the people that would tap me on the shoulder or bring me on the head or bring a box to my office um, back in back in those days when we had offices, those those would have been the people in HR, which were was the enterprise that I was ahead of, that I was that I was supposedly leading, right? So it's almost crazy thinking, but it was so true to me. And it was one of my mentors in that moment when I, when I kind of talked about this a little bit, I kind of danced around the, the, that. And she says, do you feel like a fraud? She just said it right out. Uh, and I go, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. And she says, oh, that's imposter syndrome. As if it's like, oh, yeah, you know, that's just bubble gum. Or, oh, yeah, that's just a, that's just a Milky Way candy bar. Like, what? what? I, I had not heard of it before. But when she... I got to tell you, Ed, when she when she said it, it was like something just lifted off my shoulders, like this huge burden. 
And when I did some research on it, this was back in, 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 in the early part of the 2000s, and I did research on it, I found it's incredibly prevalent. Um, people don't feel they're good enough. They don't feel they belong. It's usually, here's, here's, the, here's the key, up to 80% of successful people in the world, key word there is successful, have felt, have felt a component of imposter syndrome, if not lived with it, their whole lives. Or and what percentage was that again? Up to 80%. Up to That's 80%. a significant number. Ed, it's a significant number. And when you look at the people, especially in our public domain, that have admitted it, Tom Hanks, Howard Schultz from Starbucks, the, the former CEO of Starbucks, Maya Angelou, she has an incredible quote out there, the late Maya Angelou. She says, I've written 11 or 12 books, and I think one of these days they're going to find me out that I don't know what I'm doing. You know, that's exactly it. She owning that imposter syndrome. When I when I heard all this and I did some research, it it, it I felt okay. At least I'm in good company. Like I really am. I'm I'm in good company. And what it was for me was around. Okay, what am I going to do with this? I'm in a, I'm in an incredible role. I have an incredible opportunity to learn. I have an incredible opportunity to touch people and inspire people and get inspired by people. Am I going to give that up? Heck no. You know, I'm going to be in this, this awkwardness, this uncomfortableness and deal with it. And it was through that experience, that awareness, that broken, that breaking open for, for, as we do in life, we kind of have these moments of breaking open um, that I said, I'm going to, I'm going to learn to make this work for me. And again, that was, that was way back in, in 2003, 2004. And so fast forward to, to where we are today. I have lived with imposter syndrome. Um, it, it's not something I live, you know, and I, I try to look at simple things and, and I like easy things. And whenever I, you know, I read, I read things on, on, you know, SEO or Google and say like overcome this or, or fight this. I'm like, Oh, I'm, too, I'm like, that's just too much work. I go, I like things to like figure stuff out, like in an easy way. I don't want to overcome imposter syndrome because I don't actually think you, you can in a way you can dilute it. You can integrate it. You can blend it. So imposter syndrome has been around since actually 1978. That's when it was first coined um, um, by, by, by a, a few studies that, that, were, that were published out in the Harvard Medical Area or a journal. So it actually, and it's not quote unquote a, a, a official syndrome as in the medical world, but that's how it's, it's actually more of an imposter phenomena. But it, it took on the word uh, syndrome. It's been around since 1978. It affects all genders all ages, all lifestyles, all work. Um, you've, got, you've got people that are like physicians who have it all the time. You've got people who are new parents that have imposter syndrome. Like, what am I doing with this new living being? How am I going to, how am I responsible for this? And certainly in, in, in the business world, in organizations where people, especially people take on new roles, they get, they get, they get recognized for something. And common common phraseology that is used with imposter syndrome that people might might use is, oh, it was just, you know, it really wasn't anything. Anyone could do this. Or it was just luck. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. That's when we begin to dilute our own contributions. That could be a hallmark of imposter syndrome around some other things too that could that could lead you to think you you're 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 at least dealing with some type of imposter syndrome within. Well, uh, one of the or two of the things that I think are interesting as it relates to imposter syndrome and bravery at work, 
One is that I think this is something that impacts most of us, possibly not all of us, because nothing is ever, ever always true. But, you know, I believe the vast majority of people have uh, felt as uh, if they were an imposter in a role or a relationship or a situation, just like the vast majority of people have not been brave at work and missed an opportunity to say or do something that could have had a positive outcome for the other person. And then it's also something that we, you know, I I don't want to say deny, but we uh, don't really understand enough. And so we just keep moving on in life, right? So we missed opportunities to be brave and we just move on and don't reflect back on it to learn and grow. And or we felt like imposters. And as you said, uh, I don't think within bravery, a lot. Well, let me go back. A lot of people believe with bravery that one of the goals is to reduce the fear and tension that comes with being brave. I don't think you can reduce the fear and tension, just like I don't think you can get rid of the imposter syndrome. You know, it's just a part of who we are for whatever reason. And we need to manage it and navigate through it, not try to eliminate it. Do you know why? Paul, in the research that you've done or the conversations that you've had with others, do you know where this feeling comes from? This this feeling like, why am I here? I'm really a fake. I don't know anything. Do you know where some of this might come from? Hi, I'm Bruce Tulgan, author of The Art of Being Indispensable at Work. If you like listening to Be Brave at Work as much as I enjoyed being a guest, maybe you'll like our podcast, The Indispensables. Every week I ask my guests what sets them apart in the workplace, what makes them tick, what makes them so successful. I've interviewed so many amazing people, executives, rock stars. Uh, I interviewed New York Times columnist Ron Lieber, former chief of staff of the United States Army, General Dennis Reimer, General Greg Langell, who was deputy commanding general of Joint Special Operations Command. If, if, If you're interested, please, Listen and subscribe to The Indispensables on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this show. Yeah, it comes from our toy box. You know, I don't know if you grew up. I grew up, I'm a product of of decades and decades and decades ago, and I had a toy box. And a toy box was in my bedroom, and I would have all my little toys in there. And I don't know what kids have nowadays. It's probably all online, a virtual toy box, right? But back then, it was an actual physical toy box. We would put our toys in there, and we would take our toys out, and then we would live a certain kind of fantasy of whatever that little toy was, right? We played around with that. And my point is, when we were children, we create sort of our play world around that. And, you know, children can be incredible. They, they're creative. We, we, you know, children go around. They, they can be very brave, to your point. But as we get older, we tend to be normed a certain way. Oh, now, wait a minute. You're not supposed to act like a child. You're not supposed to have this type of behavior, which can be attributed to being childlike, when, in fact, many childlike behaviors, in fact, the majority of childlike behaviors are incredible creativity, asking why, curiosity, being brave, just running out there and like, I'm going to do this. But all of a sudden, we start to get normed, Ed. We start to get normed in, in, in it usually starts in, in our academic experience. Um, it starts in our, in our jobs. I remember my very, 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 very first job was in fast food. Um, and I had to have a certain way of acting, a certain way of, of flipping the burger, a certain way of, of putting on my, 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 my uniform. But all of that was normative. And now translate that to the corporate world or the uh, profit or nonprofit world where people enter into organizations. Organizations are made of nothing but normative values and ways you're supposed to behave. 
In fact, you know, we, we organizations spend millions and probably even billions of dollars. I know I did in, in my role of how do you onboard somebody at this company? How do we bring them on board, right? Well, that's another way of saying, how do we get them into our culture fast and norm them so they won't be an outlier? When we go back to the toy box analogy with children, those are all outliers. Kids are like outliers. You know, yes, kids kids create their own cliques and their own groups and so forth, but many kids just kind of go around and like they're all outliers and then they come together usually in some kind of form of play. But as we get older and we norm more and we want to fit in, um, we we then look for those opportunities, those organizations that are that are going to give us that opportunity to fit in. But what still happens in our mind is this gap gets larger and larger. And we have these voices in our mind, and they're called many different things depending on the different um, philosophy people might have, but they could they could be called saboteurs, they could be called gremlins, they could be called all these different all these different um, chaos voices that we have in our mind that will say, "Wait a minute, you can't do that. Wait a minute. Um, you don't want to do that. Wait a minute. Nope, you're not you're not going to be good at this. And all of a sudden those voices take over. And when they kind of come together, much like any clicks we have in, 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 in at school and work, they create sort of this whole imposter feeling. And so I work with a, a, a body of knowledge called positive intelligence. And in that body of knowledge, we we work with the the 10 saboteur voices. You know, and I won't go through all of them here. I'm happy to talk to folks afterwards. Um, people can always connect with me because I'm always loving to hear people's stories. But things like the judge that comes in, the judge, we have an incredible level of discernment as adults. The overuse of that, though, is, you know, our discernment on steroids is judging, which can get in the way. The victim's another one. You know, oh, oh, always happens to me. Oh, woe is me. Da, 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 da. The people pleaser is another voice. You know, always wanting to please people, but not really looking within yourself to say, what is it that I really need here? Um, so all of these voices can can combine. And it, it, as you said earlier, which, which was a brilliant way to introduce the topic, not everyone is going to have the same experience. Not everyone is going to, to have imposter syndrome. Not everyone is going to have these feelings um, at one time or another in their life. Certainly. I've met people that's like, gosh, I've never felt that way, you know? Brilliant. So here's here's what you can do, though, to help others who may. But the fact that up to 80% and maybe even more have tells you something about our society. And and by the way, I have I, I, I've been blessed to be able to have uh, uh, clients all over the world, like, like, you know, and just and meet people in diff, all different communities. This is something that it transcends all geographies. You know, I, I did a, a conference once in the Philippines in Manila, and people came up and they go, that's what it is. That's what it is. Like, it was like this huge revelation, you know, the same thing happens when, you know, where, where you might do a, I might do a conference in Chicago. So in other words, it, 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 it runs the gamut, but it comes usually from our legacy, our past that we br- then bring with us. Well, Paul, I do want to ensure we spend a couple of minutes talking about your book and especially because I believe voice is an acronym, the C, which has to do with courage. Can you jump to that part for a minute and just tell us a little bit about the role or perspective that courage, which for many people is a synonym for bravery, uh, you know, has in respect to people being themselves and being true to themselves? 
Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Ed. I, um, <laughs> yeah, the, um, to really truly find your voice and whether it be in any, any kind of scenario, um, you know, it's all about discovering the values, your outcomes, your influence, which is, which is incredibly wonderful and, and, and a good body of work, but to truly, truly pivot, change, take a step forward and get unstuck where you are. You have to have the courage to try on something new. And this doesn't have to be to borrow a corporate speak, large scale transformative change, which companies love to say. I mean, I, I used to stand up there and say that all the time. And of course, people run out of the room screaming when you say that because none of that's going to stick. Courage is about taking those small, small steps. And it starts with our thoughts. It starts with our worldview. We think it always starts with action. But before action, there's always a thought. And again, it goes back to our thoughts create our feelings, which create our action, which create our environment. So if I'm going to want to get unstuck, and in, in coaching, we call it, I'm sure you're really familiar with the drift. People are kind of drifting along in life. Um, but I want to do something different. I want something else for the second half of my life. I want something else for next year. I want to change. I'm stuck. I don't like this, whatever it is. It's going to take some courage in which to do that. And those are small steps that begin with new thoughts that you try on, new thoughts that you kind of plaster um, on, on the bulletin board that is in your mind that will then lead you to take some action. And that 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 trajectory from thought to action might be a second or two, or it could be a day or two. It could be even longer, depending on that. But that's the courage. And we call them baby steps for a reason. Babies don't get out of a crib and start waltzing around the room and walking. And if they did, then you've got a very special kind of kid. But seriously, babies get up, they fall, they get up, they fall. People help them up. People kind of, I, I remember my, 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 my mother, you know, kind of like, you know, with, 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 you know, with, with my, um, uh, with her grandkids, like helping them walk, holding onto their, you know, all supportive, they fall. That's all baby steps. That's what we do. That's what we need to do with our thoughts and our actions. And that's where the courage comes from. So the whole voice piece is you can have all the artifacts of what I outline in my book, but if you're not ready to take those steps, it's an academic exercise and it's not a practical exercise. And I've lived the academic exercises my whole life. And it was later in my life where I said, enough's enough. I know, I know all, I don't need another model. Thank you. I need to take action. And that's where the courage, that's why the courage is so important. And that's, you know, it, 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 to your point around being brave takes courage. It takes the courage to be brave and whatever that might be in that situation. Well, fantastic. And I wish we had more time to keep talking about the great work that you're doing. You know, I'd like to remind our listeners to think a little bit about some of the observations that Paul has had today and investigate beyond what we'll talk about on our podcast, this idea of imposter syndrome and normalization. And are either of those having a negative influence on you being brave at work, right? And it might. And I think there's more to talk about on that front. But, uh, you know, think about is the imposter syndrome or normalization preventing you from saying what needs to be said or doing what needs to be done? So, Paul, we have loved having you as a guest today. And if folks want to find out more about you or order your book, you know, where can they go to do that? 
Yeah, so thank you so much, Ed. Um, people can can reach me. I'm I'm probably on every well, not every because I'm I'm of a certain age, so I'm not going to be on every social platform. But certainly um, on Facebook, uh, Paul N. Larson. I have a Facebook uh, business page that I'm very very active on. Find your voice as a leader. LinkedIn. Connect with me on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. You know we can we can have lots of fun connections. Um, Twitter at Find Your Voice as a Leader. Clubhouse at Find Your Voice as a Leader. And then more importantly. If people really just want to have a direct connection with me, email me at paul at paulnlarson.com. I love to hear from people. I love to hear from people and their stories. I love to hear from people and 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 just what their thoughts are. And I'm, I'm all about kind of creating those connections where we can all kind of um, help each other in today's world. Because I think if the last few years taught us anything, it's we are very well connected and we need to be even more connected to help and support each other and inspire each other as we go forward. Well, again, Paul, thank you so much for your time and your thoughts and your observations today. Yeah, thank you, Ed. You are doing incredible work in the world, um, helping people be brave no matter where they are, but especially in their career and at work, um, and to really kind of take those steps forward to kind of be their best self. So um, I honor you and, and your team for the work that you do. Well, thank you. Thank you. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and our download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at CabotRisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.